Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. Hey, I wonder if you just give me a couple of minutes. It would be very remiss of me, you know, in a Christmas service on a Sunday morning to not at least take a moment to just remind us all uh, of the reason for this season. Let me ask you a question this morning. What is the, the best present that you have ever been given at Christmas time? How about we think about that? What is the best Christmas present you've ever been given? I was thinking about it during the week and I thought, you know what? I can't even remember, like, almost every Christmas present I've ever been given. I've had a lot of Christmases, I've got a lot of Christmas presents, but I really struggle to remember almost any of them. I remember when I was about 10 or 11, I got given Monopoly for Christmas. And it's like the proper UK version, you know, with Old Kent Road, Whitechapel Lane right at the start, and I could name every property on that board. And I was so overwhelmed when I was given it that I burst into tears. But uh, just a little bit of context for you there. I'd actually been banned from playing Monopoly for about six months by my horrible parents, who obviously were horrible. Because who does that to a young boy, bans them from playing Monopoly? Apparently, I would get fairly competitive and had a tendency to not handle losing very well, which I really find hard to believe because I never lost. So I don't know what they were on about, but what kind of parent like bans their one and only son from playing, apart from Jared, playing <laughs> Monopoly? Right, so I got Monopoly, and it wasn't that I got Monopoly for Christmas, it was that that symbolised, obviously, that my ban was over, and I was allowed to play Monopoly, and so I found that very, very emotional, and it's still stuck in my brain, and I think I got banned again, like, December 28th or something <laughs> like that, got taken off me. I remember when I'd been married for a couple of years, Liz gave me an outdoor beanbag. It's the kind of beanbag that you can sit on in the deck, you know, and enjoy a barbecue or whatever. And I really like this beanbag. I can't actually remember if it were Christmas or my birthday, but I got it. And I did a really good job of articulating how much I loved it. In fact, I did it so well that Liz developed an insecurity around every other present she'd ever given me. And she said to me, gee, you really like that beanbag? I said, oh, I do, honey. I love the beanbag. She said, yeah, but you haven't reacted this way around any other present I've ever given you. And so I kind of feel like now you haven't actually liked any of my other presents. And I was like, well, yeah. when you get married, it takes a while to work out what the other person likes. And Liz just hadn't quite got there yet. It reminded me of the time that I made this innocent comment. We were just hanging out one day and I told her that whenever I get dinner, I will always eat what I hate the most off the plate to start with. And then I save the best food at the end, right? It's like my reward. So I'll start with the Brussels sprouts, but I'm thinking I'll get to eat that steak if I can just chow these down. And so I thought that was just like a perfectly lovely little comment to make until the next time we ate and I put a food, a spoon or something into my mouth and Liz goes, oh, so you don't like that, right? I said, what? She goes, well, obviously you don't like what I've made for you because you're eating it first. I remember thinking, it's a trap. <laughs> I was like, well, I have to... I have to eat something first. Like, what am I supposed to do here? So I, I, I don't know if you're like me, and you struggle to remember like your best Christmas present ever, but the good news is that I can tell you this morning 
what your best Christmas present that you ever got was. It's the same best Christmas present that I ever got was. In the Bible, in the book of John, there's a chapter three, and there's a very famous verse, which you might have heard before, verse 16. And in John chapter three, verse 16, the Passion Translation puts it like this. It says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. I don't know if you've ever asked the question, how much does God love me? Maybe you're here this morning and you've only ever asked, does God love me? Is God real? If I could measure God's love, how would I do that? Like, is he a seven out of 10? How do you measure the love of God? Well, the Bible says this is how much God loved you. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. Now, my son is here this morning, Harrison. He's nine. And I'll tell you straight up, if I had to choose between keeping Harrison and losing one of you or losing Harrison and keeping one of you, that's not even a choice I have to think about for a second, right? You're gone. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. If I had to choose right now between keeping Harrison and losing every single person in this room or keeping every single person in this room and losing Harrison, I'd suggest you get your affairs in order, (laughs) right? Because... No one loves my son as much as I do. If you've got, who's got kids here? This morning, you, you, is there anything that you wouldn't do for your son or, or your daughter or a child of yours? Like, can you imagine loving someone so much that you would be prepared to sacrifice your own son for a chance that they might want to do life with you, that this person that you're thinking of might want to be in relationship with you? That is how much God loves you. And so all I wanted to do this morning is just remind us that God loves us so much that he sent his son to die on a cross. Uh, You know, verse 17 goes on to say, for God did not send his son to judge or condemn the world, but to be the savior of it and to rescue it. And this is big misconception sometimes in people outside of church that church is filled with people that think they're better than anybody else. But that is not true. It's the opposite. It is the complete opposite. The church is filled with people that know they're not perfect. The church is filled with people that understand that everybody makes a mistake. The church is filled with people that have come to the end of themselves. And the church is filled with people that believe what I'm telling you this morning, that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to save us and to rescue us. And there's a lot more to that story. And so I just wanted to extend an invitation this morning. If you've got any questions around that, well, why did his son have to die on a cross? How does this fit in with sin and all that kind of stuff? It actually makes a ton of sense when you sit down and just have someone explain it to you. And so I would be more than happy to do that. If you were here this morning, you're like, I got a couple of questions around why God did this and why God didn't do that. Or how do you know this? Or how do you know that? I'd love to talk to you about it. But all I wanted to do this morning in a big group, I'll get the band to jump up. We're going to finish with one more song. Is I just wanted to say, hey, Christmas is the time, isn't it? Where we come together and we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was the Son of God, is the Son of God. And the reason that he came is because God loved us so much that he was prepared to send his son to die on a cross for us. And that is the best Christmas present that you will ever get. This is how much God loved the world.
that he gave his one and only unique son as a gift so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And the church is filled with people who have gone, I want to know that God and I want to know that son that was prepared to die on a cross. Is that awesome? That's what we celebrate at Christmas time, the start of that whole redemptive plan. Let's stand to our feet this morning. We're going to sing Joy to the World one more time.